Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch Podcast. Can you believe it? Episode 99. We're here already. I am Joe, and with me, as always, is... Data. Jamie. And Dak. That's right. We're here talking about Alloy of Law, chapters 17 and 18, wherein we the, the grand heist finally occurs using some weird chicanery ghostness they they come up on a barge and then they use a giant crane to lift a uh train car out and put another train car in as a duplicate very final fantasy eight of them and then uh we have the the fight kicks off miles knows he knows uh waxilliam's in the train car so he opens up the car the fight kicks off with a blast and uh our heroes are having a tough time fighting off all of these different people uh, one of the one of the creepy twins gets killed though, which is interesting, and uh, that's uh, we kind of stop right in the middle of the fight, unfortunately. But it looks like Wax has got his stuff back at the end, and he's ready to go. So uh, it was a really great couple chapters. Let's start talking about it. Hold on to something, everyone. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. They curl the grip of greed It rains, there's just one track To lead this moving train The price of progress is a dying world The price of trust is pain After the wrath of bitter shame Look up into the night Pillars of risen, they fall in their light Forward we run into the steel, we can the wheel through life and love. Rivers are slow and riding. The heavy cross, a hold in the hands of time. Through life and love. So yeah. We are. I mean, we did leave off, like uh, like Joe said, right in the middle of the fight. But possibly at the moment, the fight uh, is going to turn around for in our hero's favor. Who knows? You definitely get it left with like a po- on a positive note, kind of. So, what did you guys think of the two chapters that we read this time? Yeah, the, the first one was a little. Um, it wasn't super awesome. Like the the heist didn't seem all that interesting to me. There wasn't a lot of things for our heroes to do because they're kind of just waiting at that point. So there wasn't a bunch of stuff that kind of just jumps out and grabs you in that in that first chapter that we read. Yeah. But yeah, when the second one happens and the fight kicks off and we, you know, we got Alamancy and gunplay and all sorts of cool stuff going on and Bendeloy and speed bubbles and I mean, it was blast, literally. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was cool. I really like these chapters. I'm excited to to finish the book because I know we're going to finish it next next time. So, uh, yeah, it looks like the fight maybe is about to turn around. But I'm very interested to see what happens with Miles because he tried to keep Miles out of the fight. didn't work. And so I'm very interested to see how that is resolved. How does he stop Miles specifically? Mm. Um, I think that's the biggest kind of piece here that we that we don't know it's like how is he going to do it i don't even have a prediction as to how he's going to do it so mm-hmm. at least not yet maybe i'll formulate one during the during the during the show but yeah i i'm excited to see what happens next so that's pretty much all i got we solved i guess the mystery of the book of this like kind of detective novel uh in how they were replacing the uh 
uh, or how they were stealing rather the the cargo uh, other than it there i not thought about the comparison to final fantasy 8 but it's true other than that did you did you feel like it was a good reveal did you feel let down by like the end of that mystery or what i don't know if it was because of the way it was written but i just like i i did i was like oh okay i didn't really like i didn't really care <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and then when I made, like, oh, they're replacing the train car, like, in Final Fantasy VIII, then I was just like, that's just funny to me. Because then I'm thinking of, like, replacing the train car and inside being, like, a fake monster guy. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it was just kind of funny to me. Yeah, I, I liked these chapters. I agree that the fight was definitely the more exciting of the two chapters, but I really liked the first one that we read. I thought it was good to finally get some closure on how they'd done it. And it's funny, even though we've been in this world for a little while now, I still um, hadn't like quite understood the technologies in this world, even though I know we've got electricity and we've got trains and we've got all that sort of stuff. The barge makes so much sense, but I just didn't quite think of it going that way. I don't know what I expected, but I feel like that wasn't quite it. But I, I liked it and I liked Miles knowing that Wax was going to be inside. I'd really like to know more about these two and their back history. Uh, together I think mm-hmm. there's an interesting story there because he clearly yeah it's not like he was targeting wax but now that wax is involved it's personal yeah so yeah I, I hope we find out a little bit more about them and that fight sequence I think I mean we've read a lot of Brandon books now not a lot in Brandon's world but a number of books now <laughs> and he writes a good fight scene and I think this one was just really nice to to read you could see everything really well how they're all jumping around and I think are you good <laughs> she just wants to be on the podcast oh she should be going to sleep but you know that's fine yeah visually it was it was really well written and I I sort of loved how we've ended each chapter with just that little you've got that anticipation of what's coming next you know having mm-hmm. the dynamite go off in the train at the end of the first chapter and now wax has got all his stuff back and it's so it's like, oh, I'm so excited to see what happens next. Oh my god! So, and and obviously this is this is the this is the fight because we're about to end the book. So, I'm really excited to see what comes now that uh, Harmony is on his side. And I had to laugh a bit. I listened to these episode uh, to these chapters again this week, and Harmony sounds like a little bit like Kiff, but if Kiff <laughs> was a bit more confident in himself. Wow, I love it. It's pretty funny. So now all I can see is Kiff as Harmony, and it's it's just changed my world. (laughs) I can totally see, like, back when Sazed was, like, working for Kelsier, and Kelsier says crazy shit, and Sazed just like, yeah, okay. I can see it, yeah, okay. Oh, I love this. I've never done uh, audiobooks, because I just can't. I can't concentrate on audiobook enough to actually read a book that way. But the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, well, maybe I should check this out. Yeah, it's probably not something that I would do all the time. Honestly, we were we were driving back from the coast last weekend and I had to sit in the back seat to keep the baby occupied and I get quite car sick and I was like, I can't, I can't finish reading in the car and that was my only time to do it. So I downloaded the rest of the audiobook and like it was fine and it was kind of nice to just have it on while doing things. But admittedly, I had listened to the first chapter like three times. so. It is still nice to just sit down and read the book, but I guess if you're in a pinch, it's not a bad way to do it. Mm, makes sense. I, I also like, you, you both mentioned it, but I love 
that uh, the 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 guessing game going on between Wax and Miles here, where Wax fig- has figured out what they're doing, and he snuck in, and Miles is like, well, I know that he's going to have figured out what we're doing and snuck in, but he won't know that I know, so we have the advantage. Yeah. It was but very Wax much does friends. know that he knows that he knows. <laughs> But they don't know that we know that they know that we know. <laughs> God. But now everybody knows. It's fine. <laughs> no, I, like, I like these chapters. I, I was very satisfied with the reveal of how they were doing the, the train carriage swap and the barge. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that. I thought that was really cool. The And, yeah, the ghost train on the tracks was just, like, a false front with a with a lamp in it. I'm like, yeah, right, that makes sense. Was not expecting them to open the front up and just pull out a Gatling gun, but hey, why not? Um, the fight scene was pretty cool. I, I'll admit, it didn't. This one, for whatever reason, didn't quite grab me as much as some of the earlier ones in the book. I think the the train top battle between Miles and Wax is still my favorite fight of the book. But there's a lot going on. I think I'm just like, I don't know. I spent the whole thing just going, man. Push and pull are really just here to be targets like they don't really have personalities of their own which is kind of weird um i don't know those two just bother me i guess and the fact that like they they were pretty much the main targets for a lot of it anytime miles came into the fight was really cool but otherwise it's fighting faceless goons and these guys who was like oh they're apparently important but they just don't they don't even say anything it's like who are you two why where's clamps (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like he was going for a coolness factor with push and pull and, and I kind of get it. And I, I actually like the one line that Push has in it where they're like, he killed Pull. He's like, he's like upset about it. It's uh, it's actually like kind of adds to it for me. So I get, I think I get what Brandon was trying to do with those characters, but I understand where you're coming from too. It's like, yeah, they're just kind of there. Yeah. And like, if they'd been around any time we'd seen uh, Mr. Like if, if Mr. Suit had had them flanking him a couple of times earlier in the book when he met up with Miles and, like, Miles just eyed these two off, like, I don't like these two, and then they were forced to join him, maybe it'd be different. But it's like, they really just sort of, Suit just said, here, take these two for the final battle that's coming up. And, mm. yeah. But, uh, whatever, it's a, it's, it's a, that's a minor quibble in the scheme of things. I loved the conversation with Harmony, and and then, like, he leaves Miles' stuff for him, and Miles is like, oh, yeah, back in the saddle. That was really cool. But, like, the greatest environment was, like, the break between the chapters where Miles is like, what's going on? He's looking through the wreckage of the uh, thing, and then he sees the string, and he sees the dynamite. He's like, ah, shit, <laughs> and then it explodes. Like, that was that was just pitch perfect. Loved it. Yeah, it's a great moment where he realizes that he's been outthought. Like, Wax did know that you knew that he was there or whatever, but I don't he managed wax manages to take out a couple of guys with that blast i don't know that overall it really uh did that much for him it's again like we 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 say it a bit it's just a very cinematic way of doing it you can easily yeah. just picture that in your head you can hear the score they would put under that with the, the musical sting and everything so yeah yep it's absolutely cinematic like i can see the cutting there where he looks down and he sees the thing and then it cuts back to him for just a second as he's like oh shit and then there's an explosion yep absolutely <laughs> yep it's like like the green goblin's going, oh, bang. <laughs> oh man. You get a bit of that cinematic vibe too from the when he's in when Miles is in the net and then pulls yeah. out the dynamite. I thought that was really cool too, because you've got mm-hmm. wax in that moment going, Oh my god, like I'm the only one that's gonna die in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. With the dying. Okay, I guess let's uh let's get into 
So we start out with Wax. He's in the train car. He has secured the nets. So I guess that uh, that explains both uh, what was in that paunch that was super important and uh, gives you an idea of what these nets are going to be used for, which we were kind of guessing about before. And so he's just kind of sitting in the car waiting. Yep, this will come. I'm on my way. Nothing for me to do now. Got some haze killer rounds in his pocket, and he loads up the coin shot and the pewter arm rounds because he knows there's a guy he thinks might be a pewter arm in the crew. So that's a good place to start. I don't know what made him pick the coin shot round, but he hasn't met Pushing Paul. No, but coin shots seem to be like the most common kind of Alamancer. Hmm. It, if, it feels like between this and the previous series, like, it's, like anytime you're on Alamancer, there's going to be one coin shot there. Maybe you're right. I, I felt like pewter arms were the most common, but uh, I could be that could be a bias on my part. Yeah. No, I think I think Dak is right. I think because uh, especially in the original series when it was when you know they didn't have guns and it was important to be able to like hit people from at long range. Right. It's like sure. they they wanted. Uh, I feel like there were a lot of coin shots. It was like you have to have at least two coin shots in each group of people or something like that. Hmm. Okay. And so he's sitting next to the cargo, which House Techiel has the the aluminum in a big box that's welded to the floor. And so he's like, yep, this would be real hard for those thieves to steal, all right. Except that uh, Techiel, for all their cleverness, was not thinking about this in the right way. Wax has figured it out. And then we cut to Wayne and Marisai up on a hill. Wax not only figured out what the thing was, he know he figured out exactly where they were going to strike tonight. So they're up there. Wayne and Marisai are up there watching. And there's a bit about how Marisai's super uncomfortable in this pair of trousers that she borrowed from Renette. This is totally improper. I don't know how you can have, like, Vin's legacy as part of your culture and still be like, women have to wear dresses, right? This is this is ridiculous. Pants. Every man they pass would be staring at her legs. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that'll stop the Vanishers from shooting, she thought. They'll be too distracted. <laughs> sure. In terms of her pants, what kind of pants is she wearing? Is she wearing shorts? I don't think so. Or, or trousers? Yeah, tra- it says trousers. So. Renna Ren just lends her a pair of Daisy Jukes, and she's like, really? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's all Renna wears, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, as she hands them to her, she's just like snickering. It's like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we got the, the ghostly apparition, but when you see it from a different angle, it's just like, uh, I don't know how does he describe it? Hold on, let's see here. A hand-propelled rail wagon with a wooden engine facade. So, yeah, you picture one of those cartoon rail wagons where you pump it back and forth. <laughs> yep. Giant, giant uh, lever. And uh, she's like, how did they make that light work? And Wayne's like, I don't know, magic? Like, he does not care. Yeah, she's like, that's your answer for everything. <laughs> and uh, they start shooting, the bad guys start shooting the guards. And Wayne is like, oh, geez, they got a rotary gun. These guys are serious. So they got like a huge Gatling gun on there to just mow people down. It's messed up. And so while everyone's distracted, the the real robbery's coming along the canal, and she sees a big leg come up, and she goes, "By the survivor, it's alive!" Or she thinks that. It's like, no, no, wait, that's not. Gee, imagine that if they had a freaking kaiju stealing yeah. <laughs> rail cars for them. This is Bessie. Giant creepy spider leg. That's. Ugh. Those pictures saying like, like reptilian. Mm. Yeah, okay. You know, like they got some big crocodile thing just hanging out in the canals. And it's like, <laughs> it's like they just they just dangle a big ass chicken. And it's like, all right, now you steal the rail card and you get a nice big chicken. 
get a ham, one of those big cartoon hams. <laughs> and so uh, now it it is a big crane basically that swings out off this barge and grabs the vault car and lifts it off. And then Mar- like Marisai runs some numbers quickly in her head and realizes that there's got to be a lot of ballast on the other side. And she looks over and is very proud of herself when she sees that there's a heavy weight being held off in the opposite direction to balance it. And there's also a duplicate rail car, which if this is their super special impervious, in, in unrobable rail car or whatever, they must have gone through a lot of trouble to make a, a copy of it. They must have someone on the inside. Yeah. We stole the blueprints. For the like, Death Star, they- yeah. Did like did whoever stole the blueprints also leave us some kind of fancy shirt? No, not this time. Man. And so there's there's vanishers firing into the windows to keep people from looking. We find out later that there's some guards like hiding in the back trying to sneak around and see what's going on, and they get shot too. So and so the, the they start to take off into the misty night, and she's like, Wayne, come on, we gotta go. He's like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. Put waxes in that train car. Yeah, you ever notice how often he gets to be the one who rides in comfort while I have to do things like gallop or walk all the time? Not very fair. <laughs> like She's like, you know, all the time I was reading those reports, I never imagined you complaining this much. And his response is one of these Wayne things that I, I can barely even wrap my brain around, where he's like, what are you talking about? I pride myself on my cheery, optimistic attitude. And she's like, really? Yeah, but pride is bad, you know, so I'm trying to be more humble lately. <laughs> So I'm trying to complain more so that I'm not prideful for my non-complaining. I just, just hurry up. We're going to lose them. What, you want Wax to be cornered all alone? Gosh, woman. <laughs> Wayne's just a walking contradiction. What a guy. And then we cut to Miles, and I love how uh, it's, he's riding on the front part of The Machine, and it's capitalized. The Machine. Have you guys seen that video of uh, of the 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 stand-up comedian talking about his trip to Russia where he's the machine. No. It is one of the funniest stand-up bits I've ever seen. I'm going to put the link in so you guys can watch it later. But uh, Who's the comedian? Okay, so you want me to watch it right now during the recording, right? No, I don't. But I'm okay. going to put the link anyway. His name is Brett K- Bert, I'm sorry, Bert Kreischner. He's he's a comedian who uh, the only th- I when I saw it for the first time, I was like, "Oh, I've seen this guy, like pictures of this guy." Mm. I know because uh, he is a guy who apparently does stand up shirtless. And so that's the only oh, thing I knew yeah. about him before that. I'm like, oh, shirtless guy. Right. OK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what you're talking about. He always he usually has like a bunch of facial hair, too. Yeah. So there's that link. You guys can uh, can uh, listen to it later. Thank me later. I may leave this in the in the show because you guys should all go listen to the machine. It is not a family appropriate um, stand up bit, but you should listen to it uh, because it's hilarious. Anyway, sorry. Random sidebar. <laughs> because of the capital machine, this machine, this crane, I guess it's the only one that Miles has envisioned. So it's the machine. And so apparently Miles came up with this idea. He's like, this wasn't exactly what I envisioned when I explained my idea to Mr. Suit, but it's pretty damn close. And he's kind of proud of himself for coming up with this plan. And so uh, we, we see Tarson again, whose arm is now not even in a sling anymore, even though it's been like a day since he got shot. Is it really been all it's been? I think so. Like, yeah, because he got did sleep the previous night. And I think this is the next right. night. Uh, didn't they spend the night at Renette's? I don't think they did, because at one point, Wax was like, oh, it's getting dark already. We almost have to go. Yeah, I guess you're right. So, yeah, it is just the next day. Wow. It was, this is a short period that this book covers is what we're learning. Yeah. Well, except for a the time skip at the beginning. Today. Well, that's true. A time skip at the beginning. Yeah. Right? Two time skips at the beginning. 
Yeah, but Tarson's like, yeah, we shot a bunch of people. Engineers, too. They caught a few more guards in the last passenger car trying to sneak up here and see what we're doing. And Tarson's like, I think we're clean. And Miles says, not yet. Wax knows how we're doing this. And Tarson's like, well, you, you sure? And Miles says, yeah, he's inside the train car. And Tarson's like, what the? So Miles knows that Wax is in there, knew that he would be before they even started this. Didn't think to mention that to anyone. Yeah. Well, that might be one of those. Well, if he's going to be in there, but then let's just not steal it. Right. Maybe we don't steal that aluminum, right? It's fine. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Suits already been trying to pull the pin on the job, saying, all right, you need to go to ground for six months and wait yep. it out. And while I was like, no, no, we got to do this last job. If he told anyone that, yeah, Wax will be in the car before, like, when we steal it, like, Mr. Suit would have been just like, yeah, I'm shutting this down. Let's go. <laughs> we're going to not do that. How about? And uh, But he's like, no, he'll, he'll have guessed how we're doing it. That's the risk of being as good as he is, as good as I was. You start to think like a criminal. And then there's his whole thing about, in a way, it's surprising more lawmen don't turn to crime. Because if you see something being done wrong often enough, you just want to see it done right. <laughs> but we also get in more of him being proud about like how the vanishers are spoken with around the city. The people see them are like in awe of these magical robbers. They never treated me like that back in the roughs. They hated me when I protected them. Now they love me while I steal from them. People are crazy. <laughs> and Tarzan's like, what, what are we going to do? He's like, nothing. I, Wax likely has doesn't realize I've guessed he's there. That gives us the advantage. He knows, but he doesn't know that I know that he knows. Or something. And, uh, Miles like, we can't open the rail car now anyway. That's the whole point of the thing. We got to get it back to the shop. So and he's like, I guess we could just dump the whole thing in the canal. I wonder if Wax has a plan to open the doors or something like that happens. Answer, no, he does not have a plan. And that would be uh, very bad if you were <laughs> that smart. I don't think Mr. Suit would like would much like us sinking the train car, boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't for- think he'd much like it if we sank <laughs> that there train car there, boss. <laughs> The canal's only 14 feet deep. If we dumped the car, we'd never get it back out before another ship's hull collided with it. So it's a shame. That's the real reason. He's just like, I don't want anyone knowing how we did this. That would ruin our mystique. Yep, that, exactly. It's like, then they'd figure it out. Jeez. And, but he's like, Wax's death would almost be worth the loss. Mr. Stute did not realize how dangerous he was. He acted like he did. But if he actually understood how dangerous how effective waxillium was he would never have allowed this robbery he'd have stopped all operations and pulled out and miles would have agreed except that would mean no confrontation here's what here's what what jamie mentioned earlier so they were never enemies exactly i guess from what we've heard in the roughs but now that they're up against one another miles just has to prove that he's better now it's personal just think of yep the bit from in bruges where, she, where like, Ray finds is holding the, the hotel woman at gunpoint, and she's like, why don't you two just put your guns down and go home? He's like, don't be stupid. This is the shootout. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much weird about that movie. It's such a... I mean, it's a black comedy. It's supposed to be weird and crazy and hilarious, but uh, it's such an odd film. Oh, I love it. You're an inanimate fucking object. <laughs> <laughs> Still my favorite line from that movie. Forever. And so uh, then Push and Pull show up. And uh, apparently the freight dock they're using is the dock for the Iron Spine, that uh, one of those two skyscrapers that's being built. So they're right up in the middle of town, basically. And as they go down and Push and Pull are just right, uh, they're shadowing him at this point, basically. And so Miles is like, OK, come on, hook up the hook up the thing. Let's get the train car 
lash down and then we'll rip that door off. And I, I, I do like Tarson being like, well, why don't we just wait? It's supposed to open in 12 hours, right? And Miles is like, no, we're going to be gone in 12 hours. Wax and his people are too close. He tells everyone, get armed, get ready to shoot the person inside the moment it's open. And this is when uh, Push and Pull realize that he thinks Wax is in there. I like Miles' line. If you find a building without rats, son, you know there's something more dangerous scared them away. After one of his guys is like, but the the report said the train left the station without guards. And uh, that is the right line. Yeah. Push is like, wait, you think he's in there? And Miles nods. He's like, you brought him here. You should have told us. And he was like, well, I mean, you guys are supposed to help me deal with him. I just want to give you a chance to do your job. <laughs> <laughs> and so they've got a big, uh, a big machine to rip the thing off the, the door off, basically. And they decide not to use the big old uh, the, the Gatling gun because they do not have aluminum bullets for that. So that would be a whole bunch of bullets that Wax could shove right back at them. And then we find out that apparently uh, if he's tapping his healing like that, he doesn't even need to breathe. Terrifying. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> OK. That throws out a whole, all my ideas. Yep. Can't uh, can't drown or hang or anything when mm. he doesn't uh, need to breathe. So I guess the only, I mean, the only you could possible way to kill him is starve him. Mm. Well, you could you could do cement shoes and put him underwater until he yeah eventually uh, runs out of gold. Yeah, right? yeah. He's just down there for like four years, just going, I'm so bored. But Miles is very annoyed that even when he stops his breathing, he cannot shoot as accurately as Wax can. Wax just is like a natural at shooting, and he's it's almost a shame to kill to kill a guy like that. It's like burning a one of a kind painting a masterpiece which makes me think of uh emperor soul i'm like hey shy did that that's where my mind went straight away so you know sometimes sometimes you gotta do it right scraps of metal spraying free bolts snap one hit hits miles in the cheek maybe you shouldn't stand so close and miles is like come on wax play your hand what, what was your plan here let's see it poor fool wax could never stop himself when a woman was in danger and this is when it happens he looks down at the door that's been ripped off and sees a thin, like a fishing line, thin type of string leading into the rail car attached to something on the door. What's dynamite? Oh, hell. And then somebody pulls the, the string and we cut to Wax's perspective of the explosion outside the entire room shakes. I don't know how much dynamite that was, but it was a good shot at uh, taking Miles out. He was apparently standing right on top of it. And even that was... Uh, not effective at killing him. Damn shame. So he kind of he pops up, does a quick scan, four men down at least. Probably could hit more, except that he was worried that they were going to open this thing right next to Innocence. Like Steris would be sitting right there and he didn't want to blow her up. So most of the lights were knocked out by the explosion. So it's kind of dark out there. The remaining lights are swinging wildly. So this that it's just like like we talked about. It's very cinematic. Like this is that's the kind yeah. of crazy lighting that you can picture in a movie. And so as he kind of pops out, there's still fire coming from a bunch of people from a bunch of different places. There's a bunch of amateurs out here. I think Miles said earlier he had like 30 guys left or so. So still a lot of people for Wax to need to deal with. All of a sudden he unmuted his game in the other room and I had to... Uh, anyway, sorry, got distracted by video game noises coming very loudly. <laughs> took me a second to realize that you were talking about in real life and not in the book. And I was like, who's playing a game in the other room? That would be hilarious, actually. It's like, yeah, there's an explosion and someone's like, guys, we're trying to play Parcheesi in here. 
<laughs> it's like Wayne doesn't show up, and it's because he's playing like a game in the other room, and she's like, "Oh, mate, I almost got four in a row on this Connect Four. <laughs> in the in the in the audiobook, does he have like? Because it sounds like he he would have like a British accent from the way he talks here, right. does he? Wayne sounds like actually no, almost like a bad Australian accent. Oh, like someone good. who can't do a very good Australian accent, but a bad one, crossed with a bit of Cockney. Interesting. Wow. Okay. It's not. It's not really what I thought. Miles is really like, kind of like low and slow, <laughs> and Marisai kind of sounds like that, but higher pitched. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's it's like high uh, though. Yeah. The, I was thinking uh, he's playing Connect Four with Marisai. And she's like, I got it. He's like, where? She's like, four in a row, diagonally. Pretty sneaky, Marisai. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It took me a second to figure out what you were doing there. That was good. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. Back to the thing. This is where the the shootout starts. There's a gunfight. I don't know if you guys, if anyone ever looks at these episodes after they come out or the uh, blurb that I write for each episode. But for the last one where we had that big fight with the Vanishers in the uh, in the ballroom at the wedding, it starts off with just all in caps. There was a firefight. <laughs> and then uh, the and it's a quote as from that guy from uh, Boondock Saints, because that was the only thing I could think of. Yep. Uh, Freaking uh, Green Goblin. What's his name? Uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he's great. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> And so Wax kind of dashes out and hides behind some boxes, and he starts trying to take some people out. Hits a vanisher in the forehead, shoots at another guy, and then discovers, oh, hey, that guy is a coin shot as he flings the thing away from him. And he's like, well, I got just the bullet for that. Okay. But he gets kind of – you have no idea how frustrating this entire chapter is to me, where he's constantly trying to get the shot on the guy with the cool coin shot bullet – and spoiler, he does not manage it in this chapter, and it annoys the crap out of me how many times he tries and fails. I think that might have been another reason this fight scene didn't grab me as much, because I was just kind of waiting for that to happen, and it just didn't. So, Yeah, yeah I almost feel like I kind of like that aspect of it, because while it is annoying, at the same time, it's like, okay, well, this is like, this, you know... It's not you don't expect it. You don't expect him to basically not get this be able to get the shot off. So it's mm. something different at least. Yeah. Plus if he does manage it in a later chapter at any point it'll feel more earned because of how much he tried and failed to do right. it. Right. Yeah. Like that it it definitely feels earned and even realistic that you got your super special bullet for the one super special guy and you can never get one-on-one enough a moment in the fight which is what would happen with in a fight with 30 yeah. guys. So yeah. I mean it, it, it happened to the Vanishers in that first fight. They all had the aluminium bullets, but they weren't expecting to use them. Yep, exactly. And uh, so as he's trying to get a better aim on the coin shot, he runs into Tarson. And Tarson, it's just his wise eyes widen in surprise, and he takes a punch. Never mind that he's holding a revolver in his hand. He was surprised to just run right into wax. And so he's like, I need to not get punched by this guy because he's clearly Kolos blooded, maybe a pewter arm too, considering how fast he's recovering. Uh, a punch from that would be bad. I, I like how like the first thing Wax notices about the guy is like, this guy has ashen skin. Oh, he's got Wayne's hat. Yep. All right, the hat. I'm supposed to get that back, right? Okay, I need to work on that. The hat is safe. 
<laughs> well, I mean, and obviously you can't beat Tarson while he's wearing the hat. It's a lucky hat. So yeah, it's going to be tough. And so he he has to duck down as somebody else starts shooting at him and then push himself away, ends up elsewhere. And that's when uh, Wayne drops in from above and takes kind of a hard hit as he pops up a speed bubble. Apparently he broke his leg dropping down here. And X is like, you didn't need to go so quick. And Wayne says, oh, yeah, look up, Muffin Brains. And uh, while he was fighting the pewter arm, the coin shot had gotten a bead on him and had just fired a bullet that would have hit him right in the head if Wayne hadn't slowed time. And Wax shivers and then takes one deliberate step to the side. Like, okay, good. Bullet will not hit me now. Uh, Thanks. And Muffin Brains? Try not better insults. You like the new duster? So... Wayne is a little bit late because he stopped, not as Wax says, to go shopping while he was fighting for his life. But no, there were three guys up above, and one of them had a very nice duster on. So it took him a minute to figure out uh, how to beat him up without ruining the coat. (laughs) No, he's late because he's playing Connect Four. We've been over this. (laughs) He won the coat in a game of Connect Four. Ah, That's how you get it without ruining. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It all makes sense. So I had to figure out how to beat the guy up, uh, and then I noticed that there was this game in the corner, so I very quickly sat him down. Yeah. I was like, uh, can we play for your coat? He's like, um, I mean, I guess. I'm pretty good at the game. And so he's like, I had Marishai shoot him in the foot. So that's how he got the coat. And he's, Wax says, be careful. He's also a pewter arm. And Wayne says, charming. You always do introduce me to the most lovely folks, Wax. Can you handle the coin shot? And he says, if I can't, it's time to retire. Oh, is that what they call getting shot these days? I'll remember that. See, I feel like this should have been the moment where, uh, oh, except, no, he he dropped Vindication. I was going to say, this is where, while you're in the speed bubble, you line up that shot at the coin shot, and then when it drops, you shoot him. But no, he, he didn't have Vindication. Uh, he dropped it, so that wouldn't have worked. And the coin shot tries to push the gun away as Wax goes for it, trying to break it. And Wax is like, oh, yeah, I can't let him break the gun. Not only do I need that gun, but Renette would murder me. So, uh... And that is way worse than anything that could happen here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so in order to stop it from being shoved into the wall or whatever, he has to push on the gun himself and he shoots it way up into the air, up through the big hole that they lowered uh, the box to, or the, the train car through and also the big hole Wayne just came through. So Wax ends up outside where Marisai is hanging out, but the coin shot comes after him and he sees a second man who he can judge just from the trajectory of his jump looks like a lurcher. And he's like, Oh great. Thank you so much. That's what I needed was two Alamancers to fight. So wonderful. And he shoots at the coin shot. He gets that shot that he wanted with the special coin shot bullet. Going to take him right in the head. And just by sheer chance, the guy pushes to the side at just the wrong moment and he, he makes it clear this it wasn't a deliberate dodge the guy just got lucky and so his nice specially prepared coin shot round the only one of those because the other one remembers a pewter arm round that he loaded so the only one he had ready to go misses and at the same time the coin shot shoots twice at him and one clips him in the arm so great and he's beating himself up like idiot doesn't matter how how awesome your bullets are if you don't aim which I think he's being a little hard on himself as he makes it clear that he aimed and was going to shoot the guy right in the head and the guy just got lucky. I guess he's the guy who pulls off all these incredible marksman shots, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, that's what he, that's what he's known for. Yeah. Yeah, he it's a real bullseye. 
it's a real bullseye moment where he's like, I never miss. <laughs> Wax is the bull. If 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 bullseye could use, you know, uh, coin shot powers, how much better might he be? I mean, he's already pretty good. He's really good. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. He killed that old lady with a peanut. <laughs> yeah, that killed that guy in the bar with a paperclip. I was about to bring up the paperclip, yeah. And that these, these are not even the bullseye. best version of Bullseye in existence. That's right. Yeah. I, I've got I've got a comic where um like he's locked up in like a maximum security facility. His hands are in like these those metal cuffs that cover his entire hands and go halfway up his arm, mm-hmm. and he still manages to break out because like a dude like the guard is beating him up and knocks out one like one of Bullseye's teeth, and Bullseye just like like manages to somehow just flick that back into the into the guy's throat and choke and choke him. Uh, yeah, big mistake. Yeah, why you gotta beat up he'll, prisoners? He, he also he also says like, yeah, look, the warden the warden keeps me on a liquid diet so I don't have a solid bowel movement because he's worried I would kill someone with it, which I would do <laughs> just for just would, for yeah. the pure fact that I could say that I've done it. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, was Bullseye and Penguin the same guy now? Oh yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell was um, his penguin. Yeah, wasn't he? that's crazy. Okay, sorry, that just now struck me as we were talking about. It's, it's not weird. the, it's not the same, it's not the same universe. So, well, yeah, no. I mean, it's just like Captain America and the Human Torch are the same guy. But I just, I just, that I is the same universe, though. Well, it's not the same universe exactly. But well, I mean, I mean he, the Human Torch is also Killmonger. Yep. Ooh, yeah. That's a good point. I never saw that uh, that Fantastic Four. So, I uh, don't. <laughs> that's that's what I've heard. Yeah, I could go on for um for hours and hours about that movie, but let me just sum it up with one word: don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh it's definitely not good. Also, it like I've never had a superhero movie that I've watched where I just didn't care what happened to the heroes at all. Maybe Jonah Hex. I didn't really care what happened to Jonah Hex either. Hmm. Jonah Hex also one. didn't seem to care what happened to Jonah Hex. So. No. <laughs> Saw that in theaters when it came out. I don't remember anything about it. That's how great it was. I think we've already discussed it on the podcast before, but basically James Verlin is Jonah Hex. And he, James uh, Verlin. Or not James Verlin, sorry, Josh Verlin. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he uh, he hangs out with Megan Fox, who's also a prostitute. Um, and then uh, he blows up a bunch of stuff. That's pretty much it. As you do, sure. Isn't Michael Fassbender in that? Let's see. No, I'm looking at the. Uh, who do we got? Josh Brolin, John Malkovich, Macon Fox. Yep, Michael Fassbender as Burke, bowler hat wearing, tattooed psychopathic Irishman. Will Arnett, oh. Michael Shannon. Yeah, this is, this is Michael Shannon. Holy great shit! Great cast, actually. Pretty big cast, yeah. You think with a cast like that, how do they fuck it up? Uh, that, I mean, you know, the, you can just compare it with the other movie that has Ulysses S. Grant as a character. Uh, Wild Wild West, they managed to screw up with an amazing cast. Point. Although I still like to watch Wild Wild West every once in a while just because it's hilarious. One of those hilariously bad movies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've gotten so far off. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Wax and the coin shot and the lurcher are kind of dancing around in the night trying to get a, a beat on the other as there's like mist and uh, what have you out here. And remember, this is right in the middle of town where the two big skyscrapers are. So it's not like they're out in the middle of nowhere or something. And he gets a bead on the lurcher and he takes a shot at him. But uh, the lurcher is pulling bullets to a plate on his chest. 
And so Wax thinks about it for a moment and then pulls out his other revolver and fires six shots rapid fire at the Lurcher. Doesn't work, but he's like, it says, luck wasn't with Wax. Sometimes you could kill Lurcher that way, as one of the bullets ricocheted toward the face or the, pl- off the, or the plate on his chest got knocked free. Not tonight. And I love that as rare as Alamancers are in general, and as rare as I guess Lurchers probably are in particular, Wax has enough experience trying to kill them that he knows that sometimes you can get lucky and shoot a bunch of bullets at a Lurcher and kill him that way. He's a very experienced man. Yeah. Did Marisai say at any point how many men uh, Wax had taken down in his time? No, I don't think she has. Okay. She would only probably know, like, the big names anyway. But, you know, they have whole gangs of dudes, so... I don't know. She's fairly obsessive. She might track down, like, like all the stuff. Yeah, well, I was thinking it's probably only the big names that, like, make it back in the reports. Uh, I don't know who's making these reports or how detailed they are, honestly, so who knows. Yeah, sure. And then, uh... He's going to go back down to try to get another shot at the lurcher. And then he hears a shot and the lurcher screams and hits the ground already ble- bleeding. And Marisai pops up from a shrub and is like, oh, that looks like it hurt. <laughs> Hurting is kind of the idea, Marisai. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Targets don't scream. And Wax goes, technically, he was a target, too. I'm sorry. Next time I'll yell pull. <laughs> oh, no, it's funny because the lurcher was called pull. Oh, yeah. Never occurred to me until <laughs> just now. <laughs> but just like a Whoever. stealth pun, Brandon worked in there. Yep. That's why they're called push and pull. So the so I can kill. <laughs> pull! <laughs> or, like, push just screams out, pull! After he gets shot. Yeah, it's great. Nice. <laughs> uh, but Wax goes back down. He's like, all right, there's the coin shot. And also Wayne is in the middle of fighting all of the other vanishers right now. <laughs> so he heads back down. There's uh, some some guys are dead from the blast. Others uh, Wax has shot. And then some Wayne has taken out. But right now, basically, all the vanishers are up at one end of the tunnel shooting at Wayne, who's dancing around like a crazy man, puts up a, a thing. Hits a guy, puts it back down, appears where they're not expecting him, basically. Calls out insults as the bull is to miss him and then moves on again. <laughs> but it is, as Wax points out, a delaying tactic. With so many people firing, he could, he can't get closer because he still get hit. And eventually they're going to figure out uh, that it takes him a second to put a bubble back up and to wait until right after he drops it to shoot him. And so he gets another stick of dynamite from Marisai, tells her to find cover, and go ahead and try to hit that coin shot when he come, follows me down. Because she's got those aluminum bullets, so very useful. And Wax uh, they, Wax dashes into the room, firing, and they cry out and duck for cover. They're like, oh, we don't want to mess with him. Wayne wasn't shooting at them. He's just dancing around. Wax asks after Tarson, and Wayne says that uh, they fought to a standstill. That guy's real fast. And still has my lucky hat, damn it. There's more reinforcements down the tunnel. For some reason, Miles hasn't brought him in, and Wax is like, I mean, you get too many guns in one room firing, and it's you're more likely to hit each other than to hit us, so keep those guys in reserve. And uh, Wax uh, gets him to say Miles, where he thinks Miles is, he's like, okay, the first plan to deal with Miles is still a go, and Wayne says, I don't think it's going to work, and Wax says, that's why we have a second plan. <laughs> Let's hope this one does work. And Wax chucks the dynamite on him at, at, at the guys in, down the hall. This is not... It's not like a cartoon where he lights the fuse and throws it, or even a movie. They do that in movies all the time, I guess. This one had uh, 
what you call it, he says. It's just a different kind of detonator. A pulling detonator. Just like, I guess, what he blew up earlier. So he has to throw it in there and then uh, shoot. Like, and it did occur to me, it's like, like, this could be a good use for uh, lurches uh, if they got around. If you make the blasting cap, like, alimantic and just pull ah. from, a, from, from a distance. Like, if pull was still out there and... and um, and Wax was just standing there with this thing in his hand. Paul could just go, yoink! Yep. That's a good thought. I like that. Mm. Uh, let's see. Wax runs back to the vault car and ducks inside as if to find cover and reload. And that's Miles steps up to the doorway. He's like, hey, Wax. And Wax like, hi, Miles. And then pushes on the hooks that he's affixed there. And the nets spring free and drop on Miles. He gets caught in these heavy-duty fishing nets. Which is probably a good guess. I don't know if anyone actually, I don't recall if anyone made that guess about why the nets were needed, but we were talking about like tying him up in some way. So, and so he leaves Miles just kind of thrashing around in the net. He's like, ha, ah, look how clever I am. Wax is thinking, you don't have to kill him. You just got to incapacitate him. And that's when Miles looks up, grows calm and reaches into his pocket for his cigar case from which he pulls a stick of dynamite. And then it's, I think aw hell is exactly what Miles thought at the end of that previous chapter. This is where Wax goes aw hell and throws himself out of the car. <laughs> and there's an explosion, and Wax takes some some beatings from this explosion. He, he actually passes out for a minute. When he comes to, he is bloodied, dazed, and just now rolling to a stop. So he's not uh, he's not knocked out for that long. Just in the time that it takes him to fly through the air and come to a stop. And there's Miles standing up. His clothing shredded, much of it blown off his body, but he's whole. And Miles gets a speech about, isn't it obvious that we're, I've been chosen for something great? Why else would I have this power? Why else would we be what we are? And let you, yet we let others rule. Let them make a mess of our world. Careful, Miles. Your Magneto is showing. <laughs> yeah, really, it's true. Can't you see? Can't you see what important work we could be doing? Can't you see that we're meant to be doing it, perhaps even ruling? It's almost like we have these powers, like we, with the powers we have, are divine. And Wax just coughs, because he's injured <laughs> from an explosion. And Miles says, you know, some of the criminals that I captured out in the roughs tried tying me up. You think I'm so stupid I don't realize that's how to stop me? I guess, thank God, all those criminals tied him up with still giving him access to the cigar case. That's what I was going to say. Like, you tie his hands behind <laughs> his back, he can't get his cigar case out. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> It's like, you should have asked the criminals I caught out there in the roughs. They, some of them tried that. And Wax is like, <clears throat> I couldn't, couldn't talk to the criminals. You killed them all, Miles. And he goes, yeah, so I did. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did kill those guys. <laughs> all those guys. I killed them all. All right. So apparently, Miles, uh, his method of law enforcement was not capturing any criminals, just killing them, all of them. I guess that's a way to go. Not that we've seen I Wax try were. real hard to capture a bunch of people. Like, he shot Tan in the head real good, but uh, I don't know. I guess in the Wild West, it was very, it was very like that. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but it's like, I know when I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah, I'll get more money if I bring him in alive, but it's so much easier just to put him down. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so Wax, uh, coughing and bleeding, crawls behind some uh, some boxes next to where he landed, and then he collapses, and we cut back to Wayne. And Wayne is fighting two vanishers in his speed bubble. Hits one of them with a satisfying crack, and the guy falls down. Then he maneuvers around the other guy to where, I guess, unbeknownst to this guy, 
He is between Wayne and all of his friends outside the speed bubble who are shooting. And so then he drops the speed bubble and lets that vanisher die from the bullets of his friends. Wayne gets another guy in a speed bubble, hits him with a cane in the neck. The man gurgled in surprise. And then Wayne smacks him in the side of the head and drops and he drops. And so he's he's working hard, takes his last chunk of Bendeloy. He's like, this is not good. Also, his metal mines are almost drained again. He hates fighting so fragile, like this way, so fragile. A single gunshot could end me. I mean, like I'm like everybody else. That's very disturbing. <laughs> like that's in a, in a way, it's oddly reminiscent of what Miles was just saying, where he's like, we have these powers. We're like special and stuff. And then Wayne's like, man, I'm just like everybody else. I can't heal. I'm messed up. Uh, he sees Tarson again. The guy still got his lucky hat. He's not hurt too bad from the dynamite. He's like, that's a shame. But at least the hat's doing okay. And then... He spots wax being hurled across the room. His suit had been shredded and burned along one side. So he's like, oh, crap, I got to go help him. I like the hole. It's like, have there been another explosion? I thought I heard something, but these bubbles really just mess up up sound waves. Yeah, I bet they do. Like, that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, no, I I really like that little note. It's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And just he starts heading towards wax to help. And then he gets a shot in the arm. And he's, he, he he taps his last smidgen of healing. Not enough to fix the gunshot wound. Barely slows the bleeding, but it's what he's got. And that's when he sees the coin shot. And not just the, the black-suited coin shot, but he's holding the rifle that Renette had lent to Marisai. Which means something has happened to Marisai. And Wayne thinks, well, this is going to hell faster than Bendeloy burns. Wax is down, but Marisai, who knows what happened to her... Wax would want me to help the girl. Okay. And so he he heads back, he heads that way towards the coin shot. Meanwhile, Wax is groaning with pain and reaches down to his ankle holster with his little two-shot gun and discovers that the explosion has apparently broken it, which ain't, that's a shame. It will not cock any longer. And then, remember, he put in his earring earlier. Uh, so he, he has a little, uh, a little thought out to Harmony, Harmony where he's like, I thought I asked for a little help. And he hears a voice back. And a little help is what you received, I think. Well, it's like that's when you know it's legit sazed because he throws in the I think. Yep, classic sazed. Well, could I have some more then? Um, please. <laughs> I must be very careful in playing favorites. It upsets the balance. Your God isn't playing favorites, kind of the point. No, the point is harmony, creating a way for as many as possible to make their own choices. And Wax is just like, man, I'm going crazy or something. The explosion really must have messed me up. And the voice is like, are you divine, as Miles claims that Alamancers are? And Wax is like, if I were, I doubt I'd be in this much pain. Then what are you? This is a very bizarre conversation. Yes, (laughs) that's the best response. (laughs) Like, sure is. And Wax is like, how can you see things like what the Vanishers are doing and not do something to help? And uh, Harmony says, I have done something to help. I sent you. And then Wax recognizes right in front of him his own trunk, the one he'd taken with him when leaving for the roughs 20 years ago, the one he'd brought back with him to the city, the one that he'd put his guns into that night months ago, and the tassel of his mist cloak or his mist coat is hanging out of the side. And Harmony says, You're welcome. That's it's an awesome conversation. I love that. I would love to know how Sazed got it there. Did he just like snap his fingers and make it there appear there? Or? 
Well, we saw Miles find it earlier when he was looking for his own stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah. There's that trunk of waxes stuff that Mr. Suit had us take to try to, like, set him up or something later. I missed that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Harmony influenced uh, where it was placed or what, but uh, so it worked out. Marisai is hiding in the shadows. The coin shot had been hunting her down for what she'd done. And uh, he'd shot a few times into the boxes and then walked over. And instead of finding her bleeding and dead, she was simply unarmed. So, yeah, that, that is better of the two choices. But he'd been following her via the metal from the rifle. So she just hit it to to draw him off. But the room is in chaos, which is disorienting for her. Uh, the dynamite was painfully loud and the gunshots also. So she's never been in, in any kind of fight before the Vanisher showed up to that wedding dinner. So now she's dropped into a war zone, basically, in the middle of this uh, confined space. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I've left my gun behind. Now I have nothing. There's a bunch of those guys over there. Can't go that way. And then she sees Miles kind of just strolling out because he doesn't care if he gets shot. He's not hiding. He's just counting bullets into his revolver like, OK, I'm good to go. And then he says something to a couple of guys and they run off down a tunnel. And then here's when here's where Push shows up and uh, talks to Miles and says, pull is dead. I've been trying to end the short one. He's leading me on chases through the room. I believe I have said before. Miles says in a voice loud and bold that Wayne and Waxillium are like rats. Chasing them is useless. You need to draw them to you. And so she's watching from the shadows where she thinks she's hidden. He says, Waxillium crawled somewhere. I lost him, but he's wounded and unarmed. And then he points directly at where she's hiding in the shadows and says, call for him if you would, Lady Marisai. Call for him. Scream. She opens her mouth and nothing comes out. She's frozen with fear. Can't even move. And then the misshrouded shadows at the corner of the room begin to shift. They all look over there and out steps Wax wearing his large duster-like coat cut into strips below the waist, a pair of revolvers at his hips, and a shotgun on each shoulder. His face bloodied but smiling. Without a word, he blasts Miles in the side with both the shotguns. And that is the end of the chapter. So unless those are magic shotguns, that didn't kill Miles. But... (laughs) You know. Miles isn't dead, but that's a very cool way to end a chapter. That's a very cool visual. Yeah. So cinematic. Like and Brandon said it. Like the whole book is very cinematic. And it's just like also at the same time, like, yeah, how could you possibly have a movie that started here? Oh. Okay, so we have two chapters and an epilogue left to wrap all of this up. Guys, what do you think is gonna happen? Hmm, well, I think um we're gonna defeat Miles in some way. Maybe not kill him. Because uh, that seems less likely. But um, I, I think perhaps we'll be able to find a way to defeat Miles and move on with, you know, with our with our lives here. Uh, however, I don't think that the mystery of the set and Mr. Suit will be wrapped up in this book. I just don't see that happening. Uh, I foresee uh, that that will kind of go on into the next books in this series. So what I'm specifically thinking is going to happen is the fight will come to a head some kind of either either by, you know, speaking and being like, yeah, you we shouldn't do this. Although Miles may be too far gone for that, um, either by speaking or by just getting one up on 
one up on Miles, somehow the fight will will come to an end and uh, everything will, the immediate mystery will be solved. However, I don't know that they will get the women back. And so maybe the epilogue has more to do with how they find that out, how they figure that out. Like, because I don't know that the women would just be hiding down in the cave or down in this workshop. So I I think that that's something that we're not going to get the end of at the end of this book. It doesn't seem likely to me unless it all just comes to a to a very abrupt conclusion, which we know Brandon Mm. has done that in the past. So. But yeah, that's as much as I know right now. Things with with uh, I like the pace of this book, but with how quick it's gone, I feel like it has. I haven't been as able to predict what's going to happen next. So yeah, I think if I recall right, Mister Suit specifically says like keep that one like Steris. Uh, I'm not gonna send her along with the rest while like Wax is after her because he won't give up looking for her or something so yeah it definitely implies that the other mm-hmm. girls are not are not around yeah so maybe he'll find Steris, but not anyone else okay so i think wayne will successfully get his hat back Yay, hat. really the most important prediction here that we have today um <laughs> uh he's so close he's yeah i really hope he gets his hat back I agree. I think two chapters in an epilogue is not enough to do up all of this, but I am a little bit torn on that because I think, did you say originally this was not meant to be a series? It was supposed to be a standalone story. Right, yep. This was going to be just one book. Yeah. So, I mean, whether it's a, it was the standalone book and then he decided to expand it or whether he held off some of the mystery into further books once he decided it was going to be a series, I don't know. But I was sort of thinking that they wouldn't find Steris in this book they will defeat miles and i think i still think it's got to come down to putting marisai and wayne's power together i mean we haven't seen marisai use her powers at all yet so i think that's got to have something to do with it and especially you know how heavy she was on it's such a useless power there's got to be something something there i also had a thought i don't know that I don't know if we, like when Says became Harmony and he sort of rewrote things, do you still have to snap to get your powers? Not saying that they go out and beat their children now to to snap them or anything, but is it possible that maybe Marisai's got some other powers that she doesn't know she has? Mm. Um, And she is in that close bloodline. Potentially she's got more power than she knows she has. Maybe not necessarily a Mistborn, but she is close to the Lord Mistborn in the bloodline. So I don't know. I was thinking maybe, maybe is she, you know, she said that she hadn't been in a firefight until the the wedding reception. Okay. Now she's actually in that fight and she's in that moment of like, oh my God, like, like I'm speechless. Like I don't even know what to do here. That's, I, I guess this is as close to a life or death situation. You're going to come. Maybe this would be enough to unleash some powers i don't know that was that was one thought that i had hmm. the other one the speed bubble and the the slow bubble coming together to be able to not not kill miles but maybe get his gold away from him i think that's going to be a key into solving this yeah and mr suit and the set we just don't know enough about them to have that all resolved in this book i think i think that's maybe a carryover 
And I could see how this book maybe was a standalone if it was just Miles, but mm. because there's this added group, that's I think that's a mystery that's going to carry over. So, yeah, like the immediate threat will probably be gone, but I think there's there's definitely more to investigate and uncover. Obviously, we have more books. So yep. Well, and yeah. I guess an important note is that this was going to be the only story in this time period, but then there was another trilogy coming up that would take place some maybe hundreds. I don't know. We don't know how long after these that would have been. So if there's some weird big shadowy organization, it doesn't even necessarily need to be solved here. It could just play into like, here's where Mm. it was founded. And then it plays into somehow being a weird like CIA in that future or whatever. I don't know. That's just random thought. But that's the kind of thing that I thought when I first read this book was like, Maybe this is something that'll come into it later because, like you say, when yeah. you get to this point, it's like, how's it going to wrap this up in time? I don't, yeah. But we've also thought that before. I think we got to the end of it, might have actually been the first Mistborn book. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't know how you're going to wrap this up. We don't have yeah. any, and it surely came like it was done. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. He's, he's very good at pulling it all together and giving us all this information that we don't know we have until the end. Yeah. So, I mean, it could still all come together and then we just follow Wax and Wayne on the next adventure. But I kind of like it if maybe it wasn't all solved. Mm. I think I feel like if, if if there were some things that were resolved now and we haven't really had a good story about those things, it would be a bit disappointing. It's like, why sure. bother putting them in? Why mention the set? Why have Mr. Suit if you're not going to do something yeah. more with them? That makes sense. And there's so much potential there. If you have a weird, crazy, shadowy organization and then you wrap it up in the next two chapters, it's it's not a very yeah. impressive shadowy organization in that case. Not at all. So, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Uh, it, and I, it, it does feel a lot like that first book where, where we got to maybe even earlier than this point, And it was just like, there's no, I mean, the Lord Ruler is clearly not going to get beaten in this book. There's no way. It's That must be something that carries over into the next book or two. And it's like, nope. Nope, Lord Ruler dies, and it turns out there's something else going on entirely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I like your your two possi- your two theories of uh, the possibilities for how this is going to wrap up. Um, we've we've had that. Also, it could be completely wrong. <laughs> we've had we, you've had the like Wayne and Marisai overlap bubbles theory for a while now, and so eventually, yeah, maybe we'll get uh, get a result. There's no way after mentioning that nothing can happen with it. There's no way they mention that and it not be able to be something cooler. <laughs> I like that. That's that's a really that's just a hilarious thought where it's like, no, they mentioned that it's been done and that it doesn't do anything. So they wouldn't have mentioned that unless it did something. That's that's like yeah. if, if when, when they said, like, we've tried silver and it's not a metal that does anything. It's like, oh, that must do something. Bullshit. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, that's hilarious. OK. But I mean, Kelsey, I thought the 11th medal didn't do anything. That's true. Well, he he thought it did nothing useful. He's like, it works. It's yeah. it, it's a it's a metal that works. It just doesn't do anything helpful. Yeah. You look, you got to look at it differently. That's same thing happened with the, the railway robbers. You just had to look at it differently. That's it. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. I think um the overlapping speed and slowing down bubbles are gonna be key in in stopping miles in some way. I still don't quite know how. I have this image in my head of. Marisai's put the the larger bubble up, and then they're in Miles' smaller bubble within, but uh, not Miles, uh, Wayne's smaller bubble within, and Miles is, like, stuck on on the precipice between the two bubbles, so 
uh, inside. They're going at normal time, but Miles, something happens to Miles in the gap between the two bubbles, or in the outer layer of, of the bubble, the um, the like the Marisize one. So yeah. I, I don't quite I don't quite know how that's going to result in his defeat, but I feel like it is. And yeah, I I, I also agree. I think like we've really only gotten a couple of vague mentions very close to each other of the set. So I, I feel like Miles is going to go down and he's he's basically going to do what the Lord Ruler did and hint that there's something worse than him out there. And they're just like, oh, I wonder what he's talking about. Oh, I guess we'll find out sort of thing. Maybe Mr. Suit will be on like the the railing above them. Just like next time, Gadget, and just disappear into the shadows. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we will find Steris. And she and she's gonna see the that Maris that Marisai and Wax have a thing for each other, and so like she's gonna add some clause to her contract saying this is perfectly acceptable, um, or like she's gonna alter the clause or something. She's she's gonna give some way of giving her tacit approval while at the same time still being obsessed with paperwork and minutia of that paperwork. So. I imagine she's just been bugging the hell out of her captors all this time with like, these are not regulation ropes that you have bound me with <laughs> or something to the, I, I can just imagine the clamps just going, it's like, Oh God, just take her, go, get out. I mean, where is clamps? We haven't seen him that's a good this whole time. But yeah. So I, I think that's how it's all going to go down. They, yeah, they will stop miles, but overall, yeah, Mr. Suit and the set are going to get away. They might not even be aware of them out there. Oh, they'll be aware there's something, but they don't want, they won't know who. But yeah, it's it's going to be very much a oh well, t- tomorrow is another day for another adventure kind <laughs> of ending. It's it seems to just fit the tone of this book. It's been very much a fun adventure, sort of a pulp story rather than the dark and gloomy right at- atmosphere of the original Mistborn. So yeah, I was sure that you're like Steris is going to see that there's an attraction there, and so she's going to go and alter the contract to be like, you can have a mistress, but do not sleep with my sister. And you want the opposite I mean, way she, it, so okay, bold. Uh, I, feel, I feel like Steris isn't a bad person. She's just, you know, she's, she's like Wayne. Like, she thinks on a very different level to everyone else, and mm. she thinks in terms of paperwork. I don't think she's awful. I don't think it would be awful to be like, uh, my future husband is not allowed to sleep with my sister. Like, that's pretty, that's, uh... I mean, yeah. <laughs> it but does she, seem like, like she... a reasonable request. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, yeah, even if you're, like, okay with your husband having a mistress, which is, you know, it, it feels odd to me, but there's people who are, who are into that, right? It's a, it's a different thing when it's your sister, I think. I don't know. Mm. Maybe she secretly wants her sister to be happy, and this is the only way she can think to do it. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. We haven't spent enough time with Sarah to really get a beat on her, so this is just That's my true. hunch is, like, she's actually not a not a total cow. She just, she, she just thinks in terms of stipulations. Yeah, okay. That's fair. There's one thing that I meant to, and it kind of slipped my mind for a minute. Jamie brought up snapping, and if that's still a thing that happens, that's actually not something that has been addressed in the book so far, but Brandon has been asked mm. and has mentioned that, yes, people do still snap to get their powers, but Sazed changed how that worked. We don't know. Okay. He, he won't specify how, how he changed it, but it is in some way different than it used to be. I mean, I assumed that Sazed wouldn't stand for having children beaten to figure out if they're, yeah. you know, allomantic or anything, but in a traumatic situation, maybe. I mean, you would hope that people don't get their abilities just in traumatic situations, but this is like the West, <laughs> Wild right. West situation. You know, things happen. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. 
Just uh, before I forgot about that, I was going to throw that out there. Do people have to snap to get the ferrochemical abilities too? I don't know that that's ever actually been mentioned. No idea. Hmm. Yeah, I think I just assumed they were born with ferrochemical abilities. Yeah, me too. That's what I thought too. But I don't know that it's been mentioned like one way or another. So that's an interesting question. Hmm. Maybe I'll look up. Maybe he's been asked that and has answered. I'll have to look later. Possibly. Uh, Okay, so for next time, we're reading to the end, chapters 19, 20, and the epilogue. So we're going to finish this up next time, everyone, episode 100. We have uh, discussed if we're going to do something weird or special for it. Still haven't decided, so I guess uh, tune in next week to find out. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, before we wrap up, we have two emails that I wanted to read. The first one is from Arad, and it says, Hiya, DJDNJ. <laughs> I have wanted to write for a long time, a year-ish, I guess, but would eventually end up just chatting on the Discord instead. Finally decided to send an email, though. P.S. I know it's risky, but any chance of Joe, Dak, and Jamie on the Discord? It could be very fun, but I get why maybe you wouldn't. I found an amazing community to chat with in the listeners of the podcast, and it's all thanks to you guys. Okay, I'll pause there to say that it is something people have asked for. It's something I've considered before putting the, I mean, because there's ways to do it. We could let them into the discord into like only certain channels. That they're allowed to be in right where there's no spoilers that are supposed to be allowed. I am concerned on a couple of fronts that accidental spoilers, first of all, like it, mm. it happens and I wouldn't yeah. want someone to run into that. But on the flip side of that, I haven't been picky about who gets joined the discord because why would we, you know, like, any anyone who wants to can jump in some some jerk could just be like oh they're on the discord huh let me join for five minutes to be like hey and spoil really important things and get banned and yeah. i i really don't want that to happen and i don't want like one person to spoil the entire show for everyone who listens to <laughs> so that's yeah. why i have decided against that but so yeah that was uh that's that's been my thinking there not to say that couldn't change in the future but that's uh that has been where i've been on that uh back to the email sorry I've been rereading along with the podcast, and it's really cool to see where your predicaments go and how scarily accurate you can get. It also really hits home how good Sanderson's foreshadowing is. The podcast is a highlight of my drive from work, especially with all the tangents and references, which I don't get a lot of, to be honest, but they're fun nonetheless. (laughs) Uh, I love the dynamic y'all have, especially when you're backing up and elaborating on each other's wild theories. Special shout out to Data for sneaky hints and misdirections. It's a difficult thing to do, and you pull it off well. You also don't get as much credit as you should for all the organization, editing, and planning you do to put these out every week. Looking forward hey, to the hey, 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 Don't suck his dick, man. Come on. Wow. He was allowed to say nice things, but did He doesn't need his ego any bigger than it is. Let me tell you about this guy. Let me tell you about this guy. Oh, no. He thinks very highly of himself already. Don't worry about it. He's he's fine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's uh No, I thank mean, you for saying nice things. Yeah. Uh we 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 privately tell him, you know, thank you for his hard work and all that good stuff. I mean, he's not wrong. Uh Joe, that is. I mean, if you think like Dak and I first met on the the Red versus Blue forums, which are now I guess the Rooster Teeth or whatever, and uh the my forum's not there anymore. They're gone. Yeah, they are. But uh, like the title under my picture on the forums was always right. So uh, you know that's just that. That's me. Running gag about that. Yeah. Yep. That was that was the the I I I don't want, I'm not even gonna say running joke because it's it's the running truth of uh, of uh, of my existence really. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <sighs> 
collective sigh. <laughs> a collective sigh from the blood-related person on the show. Yeah, he just he has to deal with, with the always rightness in his oh, daily yeah. life, and it, it, it hurts so him. right all the time. <laughs> so, oh, man. You know, I can't can't, can't blame the man. Times I've worshipped at his feet and how right he is. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, back to the email. Looking forward to the rest of Wax and Wayne. You're hopefully going to have a blast. It's my favorite Cosmere series. If you want some advice, Volcano Theories will serve you well. Wasn't to the time of next. Love from India, Arad. And then there's a PS. I don't know if it makes sense India. to discuss this right Yeah, India. I don't know if it makes sense wow. to discuss this right now, but I did have a thought about Well of Ascension that I'd like to run by you. Joe said that he felt the writing was weak near the end of the book. I propose that it is weak near the start which made the characters not matter to you. And if Brandon had been able to pull you in at the beginning, the end would have been more satisfying. Just my two cents. I don't know that I agree with that, but I now the next time I read it, I'm going to be thinking about that. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I, I still haven't given any of those a reread because you know, we're, I don't want to like warp my mind with more Brandon that I've already consumed yet, you know, mm. But India is another country where there's a lot of English speakers, so it doesn't surprise me that an English podcast could uh, find some audience there. Oh, yeah. It's just like – it's just the fact that it's like, oh, this is a country we haven't brought up before. It's like we really are just global, which is yeah. weird. <laughs> well, just as a group, we're global. We're on opposite ends, basically. So. Prestige, prestige, yeah, prestige, world, world, worldwide, wide. wide. <laughs> uh, second email. Also, my dumbass – Oh, sorry. Yeah. When when you when you started that email, my my dumbass heard D J D N J, and I was going, who the hell is N? Oh, right. <laughs> mm. that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Been there. Well done, Doc. <laughs> He's like, done it I'm again. Not a smart man. Now you got me thinking, but I'm like, when you said that, I was like, wait, DJ? We we have a DJ on the show. We have a DJ. DJ D N J. Interesting name. Yeah. Uh, DJ Spook. DJ Lesterborns. Yeah, DJ Lesterborns. Mm, Coming at you on a Tuesday. <laughs> Wasing with the I don't I don't know any DJ lingo. I can't even. <laughs> Wasing with the scratch. Wiki wiki wiki. Uh, <laughs> Noticeably <laughs> FAT. Rewind the tape. <laughs> John DiMaggio has noticeably yeah. FAT. Yeah. Second Deep email. Space. Cosmic Y. <laughs> the Zero G. Hey, the Zero G, that's similar it's to mine. Similar to what? Yeah, similar. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I uh, I just watched that episode not long ago on during my rewatch with commentary of that show. Or at least the, the ones I have on DVD. In the second email. Hello, I'm Simmer. Pronounced Simmer, like the thing you do when you're cooking or, and letting something simmer on the stove. I started reading Brandon Sanderson books about two months back and found your podcast after I read The Final Empire. Since then, I've been listening to the podcast as I read and have finally, sadly, caught up with your episodes. I love the podcast since none of my friends read these books, and it's great to hear people talk about it while I'm jumping all around my room because because of something that happened. It's going to be really tough from here on out, and I know I'm going to be waiting for each new episode desperately. I have two main predictions for Alloy of Law that I wanted to share slash get out of my system, so I'm just going to put them here. One, we haven't spoken about hemallergy yet, which is a little suspicious. Also, we haven't spoken about the adium, which we know should be regenerating about this time. Because of this, I have a theory that Mr. Suit is either kidnapping the girls to use hemallergy and get misborn powers, or trying to find slash breed an adium misting. Maybe both. Well, that's interesting, actually. That's a, that's an interesting theory. I like that. I think Ooh. somebody did mention that maybe Ferrochemi 
like somebody maybe it was Dak theorized that maybe they were kidnapping these people to like ferrochemy them, but uh, the adium we hadn't really thought about. Hemology. Hemology. Yeah. Sorry. Hmm. Okay. So number two, about the time-altering allomantic powers. Do we know if it's possible to put a time bubble around someone other than yourself? And if yes, then can Marisai's power be used to put a time bubble around the enemy and essentially freeze them in place? That might be useful. We haven't seen them put a bubble up around anyone other than themselves, but we haven't seen Marisai do anything, and Wayne wouldn't want to do that to someone else, right? So I don't know. Oh, uh, we saw in this chapter we saw him fighting guys in his bubble. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, he wouldn't want to leave himself out of the bubble and make somebody fast. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So you can't enter the bubble or if you entered the bubble, wouldn't you still be subject to whatever was happening in the bubble? So if there was a bubble around Miles and you went in to that bubble, you would be at the same time as Miles and had no advantage. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. I have I've just assumed from what when we've seen Wayne do it that you have to be inside the bubble to make the bubble, but I don't we don't know that for sure. I guess that's interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know that you could project the bubbles either because I think it's around you because it really is affecting you in an area around you because you're the one burning it. It's not I don't know that it's something you can project. Well, and I don't yeah because I don't know that he can even shape it much because no he had to like wait. When he was at the like the wedding dinner earlier, he had to wait till like the people at the table next to him had left because he couldn't like maneuver it. So he was only catching the people he wanted to catch. Right. So if you can't even maneuver yeah. it like that, you probably can't like shoot it over there. Hmm. But I like I, I, I like uh, the the thought about possibilities being put in here the way that you're like, maybe we can use the time bubble this way. That's, that's some creative thinking there. I don't know that it would work, but I like the I like the, the way that you're thinking there, Simmer. So, yep, those are my thoughts. I would love to hear what y'all think about it and keep up with the great podcast. P.S. I love hearing the baby throughout the episode. Please never cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're in luck because today's episode, she has (laughs) continued for the entire time. She still hasn't napped. She's been awake for like five hours now. So, yep. Oh, God. It's going to be fun later. Thank you both for the emails. We appreciate it. Uh, we love the the uh, the thought provoking questions and stuff. That's always fun, and I, I I love being complimented. So feel free to keep that up. Uh, that's good too. Uh, if anyone would like to send us emails, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and places such as that. Music by Miracle of Sound. Throw that in there. And like I said, we are gonna. Finish the book next time, and it's also episode 100 next time. So we have been, look at us, we're podcasting our asses off. We're also just about to the anniversary of our first episode coming mm-hmm. out, which I've also thought maybe we should do a thing for. So hold on, now I'm going to look that up and see we when our first episode published. We could probably just roll it into like all one, yeah, you know? It's, it's all around the same time, so we can say, yeah. yeah. Cel- celebrations and such and such. Mm-hmm. Yep, Let's it's see. been, and technically episode 104 would be two years of episodes. Not, you know, we didn't keep up every week, but. Right. Our first episode published April 20th, 2020. So, yeah, that's like one, that's like three-ish weeks from when we're recording this. So that's pretty quick, yeah. Well, I mean. That's pretty good sorry. in terms of missing episodes, too. That's that's not bad. No, that is dang close, yeah. Weeks without But content, also, like. That's not bad. Yeah, but we, uh, we also yes, wait let's pat ourselves two on the back. To so we, we wait two we wait two weeks um, between recording and releasing, or roughly. 
So right. it's almost pretty much bang on of two months, of uh, two years of recording when we actually record next week. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Well done, we're, team. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Not me. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Thank you, everyone who has stuck with us this uh, this this long, and especially for people yeah. uh, like like Simmer who've just uh, found us a couple months ago and then powered through. I'm always impressed. And the more episodes we go, the more impressive it gets. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, you know, I want to say, and you know, if you're too shy, you're too shy. But I want to say, if you've been listening since episode one, like roughly April 2020, I'd like for you to write in and tell us about your experience listening to the podcast. I'd just be interested to know who's been listening like since the very beginning. That'd be that'd be cool. I'd like to give you guys a shout out if you have been and um, if you haven't been inducted to the Mystic Crew and if you've never left a five star review, I, I definitely do that for you guys. If you're if you're one of our listeners that's been here from the beginning, uh, you guys are you guys are awesome. I don't think there's probably there, there may be a person uh, because like I made oh, I had put out two episodes before I even announced anywhere that our podcast existed. So in those in that first week or so, we might have gotten like. I think we got like two downloads or something before I like publicized anything I mean, anywhere. So I would but, say that if you were listening since like May of that yeah. year. Yeah. Because then we uh now you got me bringing up the hold on. You got me you got me looking at numbers. Oh no, it's time for the statistic hour with gonna, data. Yep. It's going to regret it. Uh let's see. Let's see. I always regret it. Let's go all the way back. Let's go 24 months back. So April. Anal bum cover. So we we put out two episodes in April, and I announced it when the second episode came out. So almost the end of April. So it would have been the 27th, I guess. And we have 407 total downloads for April. So that's not terrible, actually. We got uh, so yeah, and and that would have been over the course of really a few days at that point, since like it was April 27th that I put out the announcement. Yeah. So that's a pretty good start. And then we went up to. 1100 downloads for may so there were a fair amount of people even that second week if we got 400 downloads that's like 151 of the second episode and 256 of the first episode so that's at least 151 that probably listened to both episodes with uh, as soon as it came out so yeah there might be quite a few that joined in on that second week <sighs> yeah 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 okay <laughs> so. <laughs> so yes the last three chapters for next time. I'll be very interested to see what everyone thinks about how everything wraps up and uh, about any shocking reveals. Cause there's always a couple of those at the end of a Sanderson book. Right. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see what that's like. I hope you guys are excited that you finally get to read the end of this book, even though what it's only been, it's not nearly as long as our usual wait. It's been eight episodes, so like two months. Right. So it's not, it's not bad. And then it's been a different rate. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It's, it, it is different. For people who are interested, the episode after that, we're going to read Alamancer Jack, the short story, but we're also going to move right into Shadows of Self and read the prologue for that as well. So that will be episode 101, as it's planned right now, will be Alamancer Jack in the Pits of Altania and then the prologue to Shadows of Self. So if you're following along, get those ready to go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And wasing to the time of next. Kolo. Will we lose everything that defines us? Can we hold to the promise that binds us and carry on into tomorrow's sorrow? When we're facing the ghosts of our destinies, will we turn or remain in the land?
I, I'm Jeb, and with me here is my boy. Boy, my name is Slabs, Pa. I don't know what your name is. Ah, your mother named you. I couldn't care less for what she said. Honestly, I thought she was going to die. Yeah, you know, she was so doped up. She just said the first thing that popped in her mind. I told her that's a bad idea, but she didn't listen to me. So <laughs> here you are, Slabs. Good Lord. What was she even thinking about a slab for? Was she thinking about that's where she going to end up or she need that much of beer? Uh, nah, you know how she is. They, they put that epidural in her back. She couldn't feel nothing. So, uh, she, uh, she just, uh, came to thinking about, uh, cold custard. How they make it on the slab. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't know what they call it, but it's like ice cream, but it's not. It's custard. And, uh, she started thinking about that marble slab. I think that's what it was. I don't even know what that is. You never took me out for custard or ice cream. Yeah, you don't deserve it. You get it when you earn it, boy. Maybe if you kill a possum. If you kill a possum, maybe i get you some ice cream or some cold custard. Right, does that count? It's basically a possum, baby. I ain't getting you that. I ain't getting you Blue Bell either. We're getting you a generic brand. Blue Bunny. <laughs> That's, I've, never, I've never tried that one, actually. It's not good. I've seen it. <laughs> Yeah. If you ever had a moo bar, it's not a moo bar. It's just like a ooh bar. 